The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Too often we rely solely or primarily on conventional medicine to treat symptoms and disease. But these can mask the problems, so we never get to the root cause of the disease. There are better choices. Welcome to Generation Regeneration with your host, Sandra Guy Malhotra. Conventional medicine does play an important role in effective treatment, but even more important are the daily lifestyle, food, and spiritual choices we make. Now, here is Sandra Guy Malhotra. Welcome, everyone, to Generation Regeneration. I'm Sandra Malhotra, your host. Thank you for joining me, whether it be live or on demand. We appreciate all of our listeners. And our goal with the show is to provide information and support for those who want to take ownership of their health and engage in a lifestyle that regenerates their body, mind, and spirit. And today, we have shaman and medicine woman Renee Reed with us to discuss spiritual aspects of illness and healing. Renee has appeared on the show twice before, on November 18th of last year and December 16th of last year, to discuss her work as a shaman, which was fascinating. She has guided me on shamanic journeys, and the experience was transformative. I recommend that you check out these shows on demand if you want to learn more. And today, we are going to focus on a different subject. Hello, Renee, and welcome back to the show. Hello. Good to be back. It's great to have you here once again, this time to talk about the innate potential each one of us possesses to learn from and heal from dis-ease. The belief system that we're going to discuss today is a departure from the traditional Western approach in which we are not encouraged to weigh the deeper spiritual meaning of illness and determine what it is trying to teach us and are encouraged to rely on external forces for the treatment of our symptoms. The net result of this is that we can go through life bouncing from one illness to the other, which perhaps escalate over time in an attempt to get our attention and exist in a state of misery and victimhood, possibly also pickled on many pharmaceutical medications, as our January guest Bava Ram was prior to his healing transformation. And this is in contrast to the belief system of many holistic healers like yourself, which encourage serious contemplation assessing and confronting the root causes like deep emotional and spiritual issues, tapping into our innate healing powers and growing stronger from the experience than before. This is not to say that there's not a place for Western medicine in the treatment of traumatic injury. It does have value, but it does not teach us how to address deep root causes and tap into our innate healing abilities. So let's get started at square one. How would you define the difference between healing and curing? Well, I could define it myself, but I think it's kind of interesting to bring in actually the definition of it from the the dictionary because at the root root of any word, we find out where it really originally meant to be understood from. Okay, So cure originally started as a healing or being healed. 
But what it evolved to or connoted to was a system or method of medical treatment in order to restore health, in order to do something like to get rid of something, okay, or to provide a remedy, a quick fix, okay? And what I thought was kind of interesting as well was that if you go to the French and it goes to Curé, your little village priests were often called curés. And if you go back to the meaning of that, it was one who had spiritual charge or care of souls. And that's quite a departure from where we have arrived at. We have evolved the term healing when we talk about body, mind, and spirit to mean to, to restore ourselves to wholeness without the medical remedies, so to say, looking for a more in-depth Let's get in touch with how this even got to where it is, okay? So there is a difference between the two. And so also to make well or to be whole also has to do, interestingly enough, with being able to be free from what one would call evil. And you say, oh my gosh, evil. That sounds rather dark. Well, evil has to do with causing pain or trouble. It's something that's harmful, injurious, or threatening. It's anything that causes some sort of misery, okay? So that would go back to sort of, you know, the restoring of, you know, and care of souls now, isn't it? Okay, so that we feel safe, that uh, we're going to be relieved from our grief or our troubles. And Dr. Norm Shealy, an MD, PhD, said that probably easily over 75% of all illness is caused by fear. That's interesting. Fear. Fear. Yeah. Fear. And he listed the five fears. Of course, the first one is fear of death. Mm. The second one is fear of disease. The third one is fear of poverty. The fourth one is fear of lack of love, okay, or being alone. And the fifth is anything else that would fall under that category, like being afraid that the bomb was going to be dropped, okay? <clears throat> so. Here are all the possibilities that when you are a person who lives with fear, and in our society there certainly is a lot of that running rampant, you only have three choices. And he states it very clearly. You have fight or flight or sainthood, which was kind of interesting as an option because that means basically to accept the situation and forgive. Accept and forgive your situation. Accept and the fact that this is what's going on. And then forgive by meaning going into yourself saying, is there something I need to forgive in me? Is there something I need to forgive in somebody else? So the fight or flight really is also a stressful state for the body. So it's Absolutely. moving beyond being in sort of the stressful, sympathetic nervous system mode where the body right. cannot heal itself to moving beyond into the acceptance and the forgiveness, which is a much more relaxing state as well. Yeah, and, and fear leads to guilt and, and depression and anxiety, which subsequently leads to a suppressed immune system mm-hmm. every time. Okay, every time. So you can't have spiritual angst. You can't have emotional stress and feel well. At some point, it's going to work its way into the body. And spiritually, when we're talking about hands-on healers like myself, um, anyone who does vibrational type medicine, uh, touch for health, anything like that, we know that all illness starts out in the auric or energy field. So that's where you may call illness a spiritual emergency. That's exactly right. Because it starts out in an intangible area, in an unseen, invisible, you know, Uh, environment and so when it it comes in from that perspective it slowly works its way into the physical body by that I mean 
let's say you've had some sort of upset or stress that was very large and, and say it went on over a large period of time and there's been no intervention. You didn't see anybody for counseling, whether it's spiritual or psychological, um, or you may have even had um, a, a slight physical ailment that you just sort of ignored. The thing is, is it may not have been a big deal, but it started out there somehow. Okay, something was influencing the dis-ease or the disharmony to begin to occur. And slowly it gets closer and closer to the physical body and then, bam, it lands in there somewhere. Okay, and once it does, then, you know, the person immediately looks at it from a physical representation of a problem and it goes to a doctor and let's get it fixed right away. Let's cut it out. Let's medicate it. Let's treat it on the physical level only. Let's treat it on the physical level only. And, um... You know, I never had physicians that treated me like that. Um, they sat down and talked to me for a good half hour, 45 minutes. And the things that mostly they discovered was as I was having some sort of anxiety or some sort of a concern. And once we discussed what that was and discussed how to go about, you know, dealing with it, interestingly enough, the physical problem would tend to abate and take care of itself. Of course, you couldn't do that with my appendicitis, but okay, that was a different matter. But I am just going to say to you that... Um, what I have discovered is is that you have to ask yourself, what's why is this hurting? We're not supposed to hurt anywhere in our bodies. We were not really developed to do that. You look back at uh, in, in the Bible, these people were living to be 900 years old. And everybody says, well, they must have been keeping a different calendar. I don't think so. I think they were really living from, they were much more superior in their body than we are at this point. We have all these environmental influences that create such tremendous amount of anxiety and stress. I mean, I think about how our parents were raised and the, and the difference that they have in the anxiety that then and what we have now. And I don't know how anybody gets through the day sometimes, which goes back to, so where is the spirituality in that? Where, is, where do we have any God confidence? I mean, we're always taught to get self-confidence, but a lot of times we don't have a connection with God. So you think that a lot of the spiritual and emotional emergencies that we have that lead to illness may come from just our general lifestyle in terms of how hectic it is, how stressful, how disconnected? Absolutely, yeah. it is. And there's not an integrative process to, or even life skills for or coping for what comes at us. And I, I believe that just in the years of my practice, I've seen a real validation that people don't have any sort of a spiritual foundation to move from. Um, I made it a habit years ago to ask people, so, but, you know, you're coming in, you're asking, and, you know, you want to get well and, and all that. And I say, well, first of all, I want to say, what's your relationship with God? Well, what do you mean by that? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, do you have a spiritual belief system? I said, and I'm not talking about religion here. Do you have an intimate relationship with God or spirit, however you want to define that? Because that's absolutely essential into bringing yourself into total wholeness. It's not just about what we do physically, what about the energy we do. It's also going to be about your emotional perspective. And more and more, I have found that people aren't uh, having a spiritual relationship. We've gone a long ways from where we used to be. I've had children brought in who are having problems. And um, I'll ask them, the you know, first thing I ask them is, well, have, you know, do you believe in angels? Well, what are those? And I, I'm kind of shocked and surprised. 
And I'll go, well, they're messengers of God. They're so here. very disconnected from the divine, yes, basically. Not necessarily religion, yeah. but just divine And energy. they're from loving, good families, no problems. Yes. And yet they're having nightmares at night and fearful things, and I'm, I'm looking for ways to introduce something that's loving and kind and positive and protective. And it's pretty hard to introduce something like that when there's not even a foundation to bring that in on. Yeah. And so to try and, I mean, I'm just thinking about one case in particular. She, this little girl kept seeing blue lights in her bedroom. Well, if you don't have a spiritual foundation, that might be a little upsetting. But I don't know of an angel yet that doesn't come in with some presence that says, don't be afraid, fear not, who doesn't come with the feeling of it's safe and it's okay, having had my own personal experiences. But she doesn't know the difference because she had nothing to um, back up into. And so trying to explain to her that those pretty blue lights might have been Archangel Michael was like trying to... Speaking another language. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Very interesting description of uh, some of the emotional and spiritual crises that can work their way into the physical body and result in illness. So that brings us to our first break. And what we're actually going to do on the other side is delve into this a bit more and talk about, okay, how can we reconnect more emotionally and spiritually to try to keep ourselves in balance so things don't make their way into the physical body. So this is your host for Generation Regeneration, Sandra Malhotra, and we're talking to shaman and medicine woman Renee Reed about learning and healing from disease. This is not an easy thing to do, but the self-introspection and work is necessary to affect sustained healing. So we're going to come back to these subjects. Thank you for joining us and stay tuned to learn more. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. A new health and wellness community is coming in 2015 called WholeTreatment.com. As a practitioner, you can increase your visibility by creating a detailed profile, posting blogs, advertising online and live events, and accepting online appointments. As a client, you can learn about holistic healing modalities, research practitioners to find the best one for you, and conveniently book online appointments, all for free. We aspire to change the way healthcare is practiced, and together, we can do it. Visit whole-treatment.com to find out more. GMOs, or genetically modified organisms, are plants or animals that have been genetically engineered with DNA from bacteria, viruses, or other plants and animals. These experimental combinations of genes from different species cannot occur in nature or in traditional crossbreeding. Most developed nations do not consider GMOs to be safe. Right now, over 80% of the corn and soy grown in the U.S. is genetically modified, and we should be able to choose whether we wish to consume these foods or not. Visit nongmoproject.org forward slash learn dash more. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. 
A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health and Wellness. This is Generation Regeneration with Sandra Guy Malhotra. To connect with Sandra, send an email to Sandra Malhotra at wcubedcommunity.com or tweet at Sandra G. Malhotra, hashtag WeAreGenR. She looks forward to your comments. Now back to Generation Regeneration. Welcome back. I'm your host, Sandra Balhotra, and today we're talking to shaman and medicine woman Renee Reed about learning and healing from dis-ease. And before the break, we discussed how dis-ease can be an emotional or spiritual emergency. And we also started talking about the role of fear and how this contributes to the emotional and spiritual emergency. Um, The bottom line is that being ill can make you feel powerless and afraid. So, Renee, can you talk to us about how patients can overcome the fear which accompanies illness? And this fear can come from just the unknown, not knowing what's going to happen in your future, the fear of death, and so (laughs) forth. So, when someone is in that state of fearfulness, how can they move through it? Well, there's a wonderful acronym for fear, which is false evidence appearing real. And when we say false evidence, it's like oftentimes when we're looking at a situation, our mind is telling us all kinds of things, and it's just going on 90 miles a minute trying to make sense of, say, a difficult circumstance. Let's say we've just found out we've got a a severe illness. And the first thing that the body does is go into a fight-or-flight mechanism. The sympathetic nervous system. Yes, exactly. It sure does. And because the first thing it's afraid of is death. Okay? Why is the body afraid of death? Why are we afraid of death? And that goes back to the fact that um, if you do not have a belief system, we're talking about feeling powerless to the unknown, which is also a mirror or a metaphor for maybe the condition that you're sitting in with your illness, say cancer. You know, it's it's like, what's going to happen to me? Is this going? Am I going to be able to heal from this? What's going to happen? They've they've given you all this information that's overwhelming and, and quite frankly, terrifying. None of it is is geared to make you feeling peaceful. <clears throat> so, one of the things that I think that is very important is to have the ability to bring peace to the situation, but that requires asking for assistance. You know, we typically, you know, people start praying and, and um, in a desperate mode, okay? And a desperate prayer is no less heartfelt, certainly, than any other kind. But we shouldn't be waiting until we're in a desperate situation to get a connection with spiritual aid or the idea of spiritual assistance or the miraculous, okay? That's a very good point about not waiting for the emergency no. to tap into your spirituality. That's right. And the thing is, is because then at least if you have this connection in place and you hit that, then you have something to back up into and go, wait a minute, I know where to go first here, okay? I know where to go to say, please ask, you know, I ask that you guide me to the most perfect and appropriate healers or guides or doctors for this this situation. Please guide me if I need to get a second opinion. And I'm listening, okay, knowing how to listen and to be quiet, knowing how to meditate. The problem is normally when we hit a fear mode, the first thing we do is stop breathing. 
Okay. And when we stop breathing, everything kind of arrests in the body and there's tension that builds. And if you think you can listen to anything spiritually or be guided, it doesn't work. Actually, that's a very good point about the breathing. And actually, I would ask listeners for just a moment to pay attention to how you're breathing. Are you breathing with just the top part of your Mm -hmm. lungs? And if you are, that's the sympathetic nervous system. That's right. That is, that is you're in a slightly stressful state as opposed to what children do so well in animals is the big belly breathing, the deep part of your belly, and you fill up your whole body with air. So, yes, the breathing. Good That's point. Right. And the, the first thing to do is to remember to breathe yeah. and to breathe deeply because that breath actually starts to lend to some kind of relaxation at different levels depending on how you, you can get into it. Um, that breath is basically ruach or spirit, okay? Breath, it's God breathing us. I mean, what gave us life to begin with was the breath, okay? That's the first thing that happens when we, when we come alert and awake into this world. It's the breath. And that breath is breathing us at all times. I mean, it's done quite automatically. Have you ever thought how it's doing that? I mean, it's just really a, a miracle just to think about it. But the breath and being aware of the fact that you're in resonance with something that is breathing you and is there with you, that is close as your heartbeat, that alone should start to say, okay, wait a minute. That's right. Wait a minute. Yes, I'm being faced with what appears to be a lot of information, okay, that's bombarding me, that is very frightening. But if I get quiet and if I just be very calm and I ask for the angels, okay, let's just say the angels to come in, which are God's loving messengers that are sent to help us. Please surround me. Please come around me in this moment so that I might have peace in this. Please give me peace in this situation because it's out of peace that we actually bear something, that something comes out that might take us totally away from a life-threatening experience. If that peace might say, you know what, you might want to try this. All of a sudden it comes to your mind. It actually works with the intuition. That Getting that peace in something, okay? Please bring me peace in this situation. The first thing I do whenever I, I hear something that's upsetting to me, I go, wait a minute. I first want peace with this. And the minute I ask for that and get in tune with that, it's interesting where I go from there because oftentimes I find that whatever was fearful all of a sudden disappears and I'm thinking, hmm, maybe that really wasn't true or it doesn't certainly have to be true for me. Just because you have knowledgeable people around you giving information to you and facts because that's from their framework or what they understand doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be accurate for you. And that's the one thing that we don't seem to, to be in touch with is, is that we get to choose. We have the freedom to choose. We have the freedom to sit back and go, I'm going to sit in this quiet place. I'm going to sit back and just wait. I'm going to wait for an, a nudge or an urge that says, go in this direction or go in this direction. I'm not going to jump on this train that says, well, we've got to do this, 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 and this right now, to, or, or you're in trouble. Which is what <clears throat> Western medicine can tend to do. Yes, it they can. They can tend to rely a bit on the fearfulness of the situation. Yes. So uh, instead of allaying the fear, they will feed it by, yes. if you don't do this right now, uh, this pill, this surgery, then... But that's also a control issue. Yeah. That's an authority issue. Yeah. It's like, can you be in, in relationship with your client and say... You know, what are your belief systems? How do they fit in with this? These are some things I would suggest for you. And under your circumstances, maybe you need to get started sooner than later. 
but you are certainly free. It's like when you're at that point, I think you still have time. You always have time to make choices that are appropriate for you. Mm. And I don't believe we should ever be coerced into something because that's just the way they do it. Yeah. Yeah. And, but if you, but you have to have that connection. I believe that's something that you do every day. I really do believe that. And I'm not, I'm not saying, hey, you need to go get religion. I'm not saying you have to go to a church. I'm saying that you need to have that intimate relationship with God that Jesus talked about. So how do you get started with that? Mm -hmm. If you weren't raised in a particularly religious or spiritual household, how do you start forming that connection with the divine and with your higher self so that you can find that peace? I think for some people, just nature is a good place to start. I think that's a wonderful place. You know how sometimes you could just walk out and just it's so peaceful to sit at a park or go up on a hiking trail because you can just feel the presence of something beautiful. And even if you don't necessarily believe in that way, you certainly are touched by the peacefulness of the area. Nature in and of itself, just to focus on it, just watching birds alone can be very healing. And I think that that's a a good way for some people to get started if they have no other avenue. The other one that is a very benign, non-denominational thing to do is meditation. Absolutely. Meditation is huge. And because that in and of itself has been scientifically proven, thank you very much, to reduce blood pressure, calm the heart. You know, it's good for your immune system. It's great for anxiety. It, it's been well uh, researched. So it's a nice, safe arena, as it were. So if you have any conflict with the ideas of spirituality or God, Meditation is a very powerful technique right. for, for learning how to become comfortable with the quiet and the peace because it's in the still, it's the still voice that speaks that helps us. Right. Yeah. And for anyone who's wondering how to get started with meditation, if they haven't, <clears throat> there are a lot of online programs or CDs that you can buy. For example, Deepak Chopra and Oprah Winfrey, about every three months, they have what they call a three-week meditation experience. You can just look up Oprah, Deepak, and meditation online. They have one which is starting actually next week. And they're these beautiful free, for the first three weeks, guided meditations by Deepak where he talks about positive imagery. There's relaxing music in the playground. It's for everyone from beginner to advanced meditators because uh, he makes it very simple and accessible. So for anyone who's wondering how to get started, there's actually a lot of support and information out there if you're interested in getting started in meditation. I know that I'm not as consistent of a meditator as I'd like to be, but whenever I do do it, uh, I find it to be very powerful and relaxing because you're breathing deeply Mm-hmm. and you're calming your body and your mind, and you're able to just appreciate the silence. And even if you get into it and become a very advanced meditator, you can start getting those intuitions and enlightenments and the connection to the divine that you were talking about. That's right, because you're priming the pump, okay? Because you're sending that energy up, and that's when the mana rains back down. I mean, meditation is when God talks to us, prayer is when we talk to God. That's right. So That's a really good way and, to sum and, it up. And I think yeah. what we're really poor at is listening. You know, we're very poor at listening. So I think it's very important to have a practice. And that's a wonderful way to start. Also, you know, reading spiritual books that you're drawn to, whether they're Christian, metaphysical, whatever it is that works for you. Just reading inspiring books, books that just kind of put you in a good frame of mind. That's another wonderful way of getting in touch with, with spirituality. 
You know, there are just different ways of going at it that doesn't have to be in a traditional form. If that's something that you're not comfortable with or somebody is a little too rigid for somebody, you can go about it in any way that you want. But it's just about are you willing to even consider? That's right. Yes. Okay. And on that note, we'll actually get ready for our next short break. This is your host for Generation Regeneration, Sandra Malhotra. And we're talking to shaman and medicine woman, Renee Reed, about how to get back in touch with our spirituality. And the two things she recommended are spending time in nature and meditating. Those are two very powerful ways. And in the next segment, we're going to get into what Oprah calls the big questions. So stay tuned and prepare to be amazed at what we are all capable of. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. GMOs, or genetically modified organisms, are plants or animals that have been genetically engineered with DNA from bacteria, viruses, or other plants and animals. These experimental combinations of genes from different species cannot occur in nature or in traditional crossbreeding. Most developed nations do not consider GMOs to be safe. Right now, over 80% of the corn and soy grown in the U.S. is genetically modified, and we should be able to choose whether we wish to consume these foods or not. Visit non-gmoproject.org forward slash learn dash more. A new health and wellness community is coming in 2015 called wholetreatment.com. As a practitioner, you can increase your visibility by creating a detailed profile, posting blogs, advertising online and live events, and accepting online appointments. As a client, you can learn about holistic healing modalities, research practitioners to find the best one for you, and conveniently book online appointments, all for free. We aspire to change the way healthcare is practiced, and together, we can do it. Visit whole-treatment.com to find out more. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. Helping you make informed decisions for your life. This is Voice America Health and Wellness. This is Generation Regeneration with Sandra Guy Malhotra. To connect with Sandra, send an email to Sandra Malhotra at WCubedCommunity.com or tweet at Sandra G. Malhotra, hashtag WeAreGenR. She looks forward to your comments. Now back to Generation Regeneration. And welcome back. I'm your host, Sandra Malhotra. And today we're talking to shaman and medicine woman, Renee Reed, about emotional and spiritual aspects of health and disease. And prior to the break, we were talking about how important it is to find that emotional and spiritual connection to the divine, not necessarily in a religious way, but more in a way of outside, being outside, spending time with nature, meditating, relaxing the mind and body, that type of thing. 
And all of this eventually will lead to a more of a divine connection. And one thing that happens when you have a strong divine connection is you realize how infinite the possibilities are. And you realize how, as humans, we use our brain to define things in a much more limiting way than is really possible when you think about what God is capable of. So, and one thing that God is definitely capable of is something called a miracle. So, let's start talking about the big subject of miracles, because that's something that we don't tend to accept very easily in our society, because we like to be very data and evidence-driven here. So, how can we bring our minds around from this very evidence-driven standpoint to opening it up to the divine possibility of something like a miracle? Well, you know, first of all, a miracle is usually expressed as an event or an action that uh, contradicts scientific laws. Okay, we look at it as something that's a supernatural thing or an act of God. And um, there's a wonderful body of information called The Course in Miracles, which contends that miracles should be a normal, everyday you know, experience. It shouldn't be something just based upon a drama or an emergency. And I, I was sitting here thinking about how I go about my life and, and how it works differently. And I'm going to say that this is how I look at it. I first of all look at God as my government and my authority. And I know this is going to sound kind of odd, but I'm going to say it anyway. In other words, when I am faced with something, and, I, and I'm going to say this is how the miracles happen, that uh, may be a, a challenge to me. The first thing I do is, I don't care if it's a, a medical issue. If it's a medical issue, the first thing I sit down into is I say that God is my doctor. Okay? God is my authority. God is my doctor. Therefore, comma, that is what's going to guide me here. So it doesn't matter what I'm told or what I hear. I immediately take it to the, my higher authority. I pass it by that first to see where I'm going to go next. And I eventually end up going exactly where I need to go. And it doesn't matter whether I'm having a financial issue. The first thing I do is I know that I live in an abundant universe I know this within myself. It is an intrinsic knowing. I'm not paying lip service to it. I truly know that my needs are met, that I am always being guided. I am totally, totally protected in everything. And that is a belief system that I hold on to very strongly. And because of that, my life, when I'm staying in that jet stream of God, as I call it, what happens is the miraculous things always seem to turn out just right. I seem to walk in at the right moment. I get the right thing happening. I meet the right person. I get connected with what I need to. I get the healing I need. The end. Okay? And this has been an experience all of my life. When I start thinking from the material world level, okay? Limited. Limited, which is looking at that false evidence appearing real because we're having the bombardment of the everyday world constantly coming at us, and I start making that my authority as if that has the final say-so over me. That is when I start to be miserable. That is when things start to go really wrong. That's when the miracles stop abruptly. Okay, I choose to live in a world that knows that there is something way beyond what I am viewing and what I see. And because of that, I get to experience little miracles all the time. Give us an example. 
of that? Well, this is kind of an interesting deal, but several years ago, I think maybe everybody should remember way back in the 90s, there was a big brownout from Canada down to Mexico on the West Coast. I lived in California. I lived up in a place called Springville, which is about 1,500 feet up in the, the foothills of the Sierra Nevada on a river. Well, I was giving shamanic classes uh, that day, and um, it you know, it was a hot day. I think it was in August that this occurred. I think it was like 105, 108. We had pretty high levels of heat that day. And my air conditioner was working. Well, everybody left at 4 o'clock because that's when my cl- class would, disp- you know, go on. Anyway, I started getting calls from Visalia and, you know, Bakersfield. Do you still have electricity? Yeah. Well, nobody else does. And I guess everybody's been buying generators and water. And, I mean, they said, really? And I go, no, really? And for me, electricity was very meaningful because the pump on my well was run by electricity. So if the electricity didn't work, I couldn't get water from the well. And I thought, well, this is interesting. So I went outside and I, and I, I turned my air conditioning off because I wanted to listen. There was an easement between me and my next neighbor. So I listened very carefully and I didn't hear anything from there. And, interest, and he, he came out, my, my, my Doug, Doug came out and he goes, have you, do you have any electricity? And something said, no, no, I don't. You don't either? And he goes, no, I don't. It's been off for a couple of hours. My God, this heat is terrible. And I'm going, yeah, it's pretty bad. <laughs> so I went back in the house and I sat down on the couch. And, and since I don't do well with heat, I said, thank you, God. And the only thing I did was I adjusted the air. Everybody up in the entire area had absolutely no electricity. I had water. I had lights. I had uh, air, air conditioning. I didn't I didn't have that. I didn't have to suffer from that. And somebody asked me, well, what made you so special? <laughs> and I said, well, here's the deal. I don't get take a newspaper because I don't want to read about all the stuff going on. I don't watch TV, which I did not, because as far as I was concerned, anything that was being put out wasn't helpful. Negative. Negative. And I just knew that God was my source. And I always believed that I was being divinely protected there. All my needs were met, and I was by myself there most of the time. Here I am up in the mountains. People would say, aren't you afraid to be alone? Absolutely not. I know that I am surrounded by angels and loving spirits, and I have no concerns. And I never did. And I always had people that were looking out for me. But that is one really interesting experience. And, I mean, that was everybody in the whole state of California, but not me. I was sitting on the Isle of Avalon floating very coolly. Thank you very much. And I thank God I did. You were really tapped into something powerful at that point. Absolutely. And, but... It, it has been demonstrated to me so many times that we can live in the miraculous. I, I you know, I had, I, I've seen, you know, Archangel Michael come in and heal somebody on my table. I didn't. It was the grace of God that brought him in. This person, you know, wanted to be healed. They came in and they said to me, you know, God has really led me to come to you and I trust that, that you can help me. Well, the minute a, a client says that, they're empowering you through the grace of God. Okay, which means that in that moment, if there's healing to be had and you're the, the instrument and you ask to be receptive, something awesome happens. And it does. I mean, but that, that said, you have to have that knowingness, that receptive. It's got to be in your cell tissue. It can't be. I think that's one of the reasons I, I, I'm stopping in the middle of a thought, but a lot of people find affirmations hit and miss. And it's because it can't be an intellectual thing. It's got to be something that you feel. Very deeply feel yes, and it's, believe. It's, it's got to be deeply emotional within your body and to connect with that and to have that absolute knowingness that you are being helped and you're being guided. 
And it will demonstrate itself to you, believe me. You've mentioned a couple times angels. Yes. So talk to us about what angels and archangels are. Why should we believe that they exist? Well, there was a couple that was, of course, mentioned in the Bible. I mean, Archangel uh, Gabriel is mentioned quite often as bringing in messages that were quite significant. And also Archangel Raphael as a healer. He healed, it's in the book of Tobit, I believe. Anyway, um, each of those angels, when you think about it, uh, their names end with El, Raphael, Gabriel, Mikael, or Michael, okay? And El in Hebrew means Lord or God. And so if you revert back to what the meanings of their name is, Raphael means God heals, and he is supposedly the archangel. Well, we know he's the archangel of healing. I've had him come in on occasion. Michael means like as to God or God-like, okay? And Gabriel means uh, God's strength, okay? So we know that also the word angel translates to mean messenger of God, okay? So they're not to be worshipped. That's not what's wanted, and they certainly don't want that. But what we need come to know about these archangels is, is that we weren't sent to this earth without any means of support or help. And they're closer to us on the earth. There's something that's closer that we can access. And they have other angels around them that can also be of assistance. Some people call uh, Archangel Michael's uh, group of angels the Band of Mercy. Um, they come in, and, and they're all about protection. But Archangel Michael has been known to heal as well. But they are there for us to ask for for help. I remember, because I went to parochial school, I was taught about my guardian angel when I was in kindergarten. And oftentimes we have more than just one. And we have what's needed. The trick is, they can't interfere with what our life is, but but they can do something for us if we ask. And if it's in their means to do so and allowed, they will, up to including saving your life. And I've had a couple of those experiences. Because if it's not your time to die... They are allowed to intercede on your behalf. And there are many, many stories about that happening. Yes, interesting. So let me see if I understand this properly. So as far as existence goes, I mean, we're here humans on this planet, but we're essentially spiritual beings. We are spirits who spend time in this body. And then the belief system that we're talking about today would say that once this body passes, we are again in the spiritual realm. Yes. And along with us there, there are many other entities. Correct. And so those entities would include messengers from God, angels, archangels, uh, also ascended masters, um, spiritual leaders, Jesus Christ, for example, and others that and are loved there. Ones. Loved ones. Yes, there's a whole plethora. So there's a whole plethora of spiritual beings that exist. Yes. We are one type that we are here on earth now. We are embodied spirit. We are embodied spirit. Mm -hmm. But there's actually this whole other army of spiritual beings who can help us. That's correct. And so what you're saying is angels and archangels are here in many ways to help us in this earthly existence, which, quite frankly, this earthly existence can be rather tough. Uh, and they feel that we can do better if we're at peace and we're less anxious. The thing is, is you can actually get through this life a lot easier if you don't have those things as the primary directive within you. And that's one of their, their purposes, is to maintain peace and equanimity, to show you that you have other options. You get your free will still to do what you need to do, but you're not alone. 
And their conjecture is, I mean, their, their whole premise is, is that being in peace and joy will get you a lot further than being in angst and, and pain. That's right. And fear. And fear. Fear is very limiting. Yes, it is. So we're back to fear again, limiting us emotionally, spiritually, and even limiting us physically. And That's right. so there are these entities there who can help us through if we believe and we take the time to connect to them. They are there to help us. Yes, and that comes to that word faith, doesn't it? Yes. And everybody has these funny meanings about faith, but I like one that's an acronym, which is forwarding all issues to heaven. Oh, I like that. Yeah. So when you're <laughs> faith, yeah, yeah, forward all issues to heaven. Just that's, that's yeah. wonderful. Yeah, it's like here's my problem and give it up and surrender it. And let us now, on that note of faith. Get ready for our final break. This is your host for Generation Regeneration, Sandra Malhotra, and we're talking to shaman and medicine woman, Renee Reed. And after the break, we're going to talk about one very special spiritual master, Jesus Christ, whose life was a demonstration of actually what we are all capable of. We'll wrap up on the flip side. See you in a few. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. A new health and wellness community is coming in 2015 called HoldTreatment.com. As a practitioner, you can increase your visibility by creating a detailed profile, posting blogs, advertising online and live events, and accepting online appointments. As a client, you can learn about holistic healing modalities, research practitioners to find the best one for you, and conveniently book online appointments, all for free. We aspire to change the way healthcare is practiced, and together, we can do it. Visit whole-treatment.com to find out more. GMOs, or genetically modified organisms, are plants or animals that have been genetically engineered with DNA from bacteria, viruses, or other plants and animals. These experimental combinations of genes from different species cannot occur in nature or in traditional crossbreeding. Most developed nations do not consider GMOs to be safe. Right now, over 80% of the corn and soy grown in the U.S. is genetically modified, and we should be able to choose whether we wish to consume these foods or not. Visit non-gmoproject.org forward slash learn dash more. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. This is Generation Regeneration with Sandra Guy Malhotra. To connect with Sandra, send an email to Sandra Malhotra at wcubedcommunity.com or tweet at Sandra G. Malhotra, hashtag WeAreGenR. She looks forward to your comments. Now back to Generation Regeneration. Welcome back. I'm your host, Sandra Malhotra, and today we covered many fascinating subjects with shaman and medicine woman, Renee Reed. We started off the show by talking about how dis-ease can have its source in emotional or spiritual unease. 
And then in the next segment, we talked about how to move beyond that and to get a spiritual connection and to tap into divine energy. Renee recommended, for example, spending time in nature, appreciating the quietness there. Also, starting a meditation practice, which can be a very powerful way of calming the mind and the body and tapping into that divine energy. And in the last segment, we talked about some very powerful things that can happen. When you tap into that divine energy, you can realize that there's the possibility of miracles in your life, that these aren't things that happen to just special people. They're things that can happen to all of us if we believe. And furthermore, all of the support that's available to us by other spiritual entities like angels and archangels, again, we just have to be in a space where we believe that they exist, that we have that belief system. And all we have to do is ask them for help. And they're more than willing to provide us a lot of emotional and spiritual support and guidance. So now in this final segment, we're going to wrap up by talking about one very special spirit master, which is Jesus Christ. And I don't mean to talk about this in just a Christian point of view, because he was a very good spiritual teacher for everyone, just as others are in other faiths. And I know that I have some Hindu friends, for example, who are great fans of Jesus Christ, because he was just such an amazing spiritual teacher. So let's talk about him for a moment. Uh, What do you think he was really trying to teach us when he was here? The bottom line? Yeah. The bottom line was Jesus came to show us how to have our own personal, intimate relationship with God, which is why he was really big at getting angry with dogma and creed. He was really big about breaking the rules. Um, He irritated a whole lot of people um, that were in religious authority, let's put it that way. The dogma. The dogma. And he included women on top of that. Shame on him. They were supposed to be, you know, they were in the outer part of the synagogue, not the interior or the inner court, as we say. And so he included everybody. Everybody could have a relationship with God. And he often said, you know, it's like the things I do, greater things you can do. He was, you know, and I didn't say that often, but I mean, he said that. And he was delivering something that was to be shared. It was like, here it is. It's free. You don't have to go to church to get this. It's right here within you. Let me show you how it is. And his whole, what we know of his ministry, uh, was extremely profound. And he made his points. It was, it was talking about love. The whole key to love, well, the whole key to healing is love. Love is very powerful energy. It's the ultimate healer. It is the ultimate healer. Love heals. Love is what sent us here. Love is what we are. And love is what we're going to return to when we leave our bodies. It's just a beautiful circle. And if we can touch into that, I mean, he he alone was a, a, a demonstration. And I think if we look past the drama of the crucifixion, which I think there's been a, too much emphasis on, we would pay attention to the Easter Sunday. Not the Good Friday, the Easter Sunday, which is where he rose from the dead. Basically, he was showing, I didn't die, okay? I may have left my body, but I'm very much alive. Which is a very powerful message, which, again, if we get back to the fear, right? if you're tapped into this divine belief, That's right. you really don't have death to fear. No. Because what death is, 
is a transition. That's correct. And it's really nothing to be so afraid of. No, it yeah. isn't. It's a natural part of life. And, it, you know, I think I've often said that in America, it's considered un-American to die. Like, you're not supposed to do that. It's like, well, <laughs> I'm sorry, the only way that you get off the earth here is to do that. And the thing is, though, is that uh, we like our, our embodied spirit like we've been saying. But you have to know these things. I mean, if you've had experiences of loved ones who've passed over, they'll tell you, it's wonderful, we're happy, you know. It, this isn't, it's nothing to be afraid of. The thing that gets confusing is, see, the body has its own consciousness, by the way, which is aside from our soul. And it's the body that gets afraid. It's not the soul. The soul knows better, okay? But oftentimes we confuse that body consciousness for, you know, having a concern because it's like, it's not going to be here anymore. And it's like, well, yeah, but dude, you're like my car I'm driving, okay? <laughs> yes. Like, and, you know, when you trade in a car, when it's, it's like, I'm going to a better place. I don't need this car. And besides, it's running out of gas. Okay. <laughs> so, I mean, he was demonstrating this. I mean, very powerfully. Just demonstrating connection to mm-hmm. the divine. Absolutely connection. The power of love. That's power right. of forgiveness. That's correct. The ability to perform miracles. That's the ability right. to, live, to live, to be a transcendent, eternal spirit. That's right. And yeah. he was constantly saying things that in, indicated his connection with God and the divine. It was as if he constantly paid uh, homage to the fact that that presence was within him, not separate from him, not, not outside of him. Oh, that's a big point about the how we are all spiritual beings and this power lies within us it resides within yeah. us yeah therefore it's right there at our heart beating mm-hmm. okay and it's it, it when you think about it from that perspective what have you got to be afraid of if you can you know lean into that there's absolute grace in that absolute grace and peace in knowing that all is well all is as it should be god's got a perfect divine plan it's like alfred e newman what me worry you know <laughs> but th- that this is something that has to be cultivated I mean, it's like piano practice. I'm sorry. If you haven't developed a practice, you have to learn how to practice. You have to learn how to build it up. But the rewards are awesome. They are absolutely awesome. And I can't stress enough how important it is. Because the miracles I've seen in healing have been precisely because the person had a deep abiding connection with God and Spirit. And their results superseded beyond anybody's expectations what could have been done. And to me, that's a real testimonial to the fact that if you don't have that really important ingredient, your your healing is going to be less than it could possibly be and may not even last. And uh, you just miss the miracle. Yes. <laughs> Very nice way to sum things up. And that's about all the time that we have for today. Thank you so much, Renee, for joining us and providing very empowering information about the power of divine connection, how it allows us to move beyond spiritual and emotional dis-ease, how it allows us to tap into the power we have internally. And when you really live in that, then you can experience things like miracles and help from all of the spiritual entities that surround us. It's very powerful. So thank you so much. You're welcome. And next week, our guest will be functional MD, Dr. Ken Charlin, who practices in Missouri. He will talk to us about what compelled him to change the way he practices medicine from the conventional Western approach 
to the functional approach, and he'll talk about how he treats patients differently as a functional MD. And until then, let's scoot over to Twitter, at Sandra G. Malhotra, hashtag WeAreGenR. Namaste. Thank you for tuning in to Generation Regeneration with Sandra Guy Malhotra. Please join us again next Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. In the coming week, think of the changes that you could make to regenerate your body, mind, and spirit. We'll be right back.